Happy New Year, everyone. Make it a podcast is back. My name's Evan. And I'm Katie. So, Katie, how are you? I'm good. Surprisingly, surprisingly, I'm sick again. Um, I've been really sick all of December, but I currently have a sinus infection. So I'm taking antibiotics. Mm-hmm. Have fun for me. Um, to be fair, it was the first time I had have been on antibiotics in over a year so i'm very proud of myself um but i took them last saturday i was just i rang the doctor and i was like please give me medicine please (laughs) and i'm feeling so much better i was genuinely like on my last legs this day last week so i'm glad we took an extra long break how are you i'm very good and i needed that break (laughs) good very good i'm back i'm refreshed i'm have a clean slate it's 2023 i'm good i'm back (laughs) i'm glad i'm happy for you oh finally (laughs) (laughs) we made it through anyway so that was it uh now it's time for pop news (laughs) first one is 2023 okay so it is officially award season Mm-hmm. And the Golden Globes took place last night. So I'm going to call out some of the winners and Katie's going to react in some way. I don't know. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> I don't know them all, so I'll be surprised. Here we go. So uh, first up, Jennifer Coolidge won Best Supporting Actress in a Limited Series for White Lotus. Didn't watch it, but I can Very see good. why she won. She's she's Jennifer Coolidge. <laughs> Michelle Yeoh uh, won Best Actress in a Motion Picture Musical Comedy at the Golden Globes for Everything Everywhere All at Once, which I've been meaning to watch, and I will get to it. Yeah, I haven't watched it either, but I saw she won. Congratulations. Evan Peters won Best Actor in a Limited Series uh, for Dahmer. Ah, okay, fair enough. He's going to ruffle some feathers, but, you know, fair, fair play. I mean, look, he he's doing a good performance. There you go. Zendaya won Best Actress in a Drama TV Series for Euphoria. Yeah, I could see that coming. There we go. Jeremy Allen White won Best Actor in a Musical Comedy TV Series for The Bear, which I still need to watch. Oh, I didn't watch that either, but Kevin didn't. He, he really liked it. The Lip from Shameless, the American one. Yeah. yeah. Good on you. Yeah, he said it was really good, so. There, there you go. Austin Butler won Best Actor in Motion Picture Drama for Elvis. Huh. Are they just giving these awards away? Like I, I feel like <laughs> there's so many categories. Yeah, <laughs> there are. You get an award. You get an award. <laughs> you get it. You get it. You get a car, and you get a car. Uh, House of the Dragon won Best Drama TV Series. Right. Abbott Elementary won Best Musical Comedy TV Series, which I love. I love Abbott Elementary. I don't know. I haven't seen it. It's on Disney Plus. If you haven't seen it, please watch it. It's so funny. Okay. Okay, I'll have a look. Kevin Costner won Best Actor in a TV series for Yellowstone. Oh, I love Kevin Costner. Uh, White Lotus won Best Limited Series. Still haven't seen it, but well done. Amanda Seyfried won Best Actress in a Limited Series for The Dropout. What's with these limited series? I know. (laughs) So, (laughs) drama series, musical comedy series. A limited series. (laughs) <laughs> oh, suck it up, suck it up. We have a show to do. Um, Steven Spielberg won Best Director uh, for The Fablements, which comes out soon over here. So, okay. Uh, the Banshee of Inisherin won Best Screenplay. I was really surprised. Not that that won screenplay, but I was. I don't. I just don't know why I didn't think it would be nominated for anything. I know seen- that's awful. I do think it'll be nominated in the Oscars, but I didn't think I didn't think about this, the other awards. Yeah. So I was like, oh yeah, forgot that was a thing. But to be fair, I seen it. I really liked it. Mm. So I'm glad it won something. It's on my list. It's on my list. Uh, Kate Blanchett won Best Actress in a Motion Picture Drama for Tar, which is coming out soon over here. Yeah. Um, Judy Garner won Best Supporting Actress in a TV Series for Ozark. Yeah, I don't know. Don't, don't watch it. Colin Farrell won Best Actor Motion Picture Musical Comedy for Banshee of Inisherin. Uh, wait, does that say of musical comedy? Musical slash comedy, so musical or comedy. Oh, because I was like, that that wasn't a musical. Um, <laughs> and I was, like, mm. was it a comedy? <laughs> Barely. Barely. But no, no, I'm glad he won. Mm. Our, our alumni he went our to the theatre skill that we did 
That is true. He's our alumni. He's our alumni. That's that's yeah. fair. <laughs> Quinta, uh, Quinta Brunson won Best Actress in a Musical Comedy TV Series for Abbott Elementary. I still haven't seen it. Very good. Tyler James Williams won Best Supporting Actor in a TV Series for Abbott Elementary as well. Still haven't seen it. Very good. Angela Bassett won Best Supporting Actress for Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Very good. Did see it. Enjoyed it. Well done. So those are just some of the winners. And yeah, you can read the rest of them on the Golden Globes website. So congratulations, yeah. everyone. Very proud of you all. Well done. Okay. So next up, uh, she may not have won a Golden Globe, but she did win her hearts in the early 2000s. None <laughs> other than Gwen Stefani. So oh, yeah. Gwen has come under uh, some criticism uh, as from her early 2006 stint where she would walk around with Harajuku girls saying she was appropriating Japanese culture. She says, that was my Japanese influence and that was a culture that was so rich with tradition yet so futuristic with so much attention to art and detail and discipline. And it was fascinating to me. My God, I'm Japanese and I didn't know it. Her father worked in Japan. Um, And then she continued to comment on cultural appropriation. If people are going to criticize me for being a fan of something beautiful and sharing that, then I just think that doesn't feel right. It should be okay to be inspired by other cultures because if we're not allowed, then that's dividing people. Hmm. Yeah, but there's been inspired by and then appropriating. Yeah, there is. There is. So there is a line, but sure, look, so if you're not physically hurting anybody as well at the end of the day, do you know what I mean? It's Yeah. It's a fine line. Like, I'm not saying to be disrespectful to cultures by any means. I don't agree with that at all. But, um, yeah, weird one. Weird one. Okay, so we'll, we'll leave that for now and move on. So quite recently, there was a New York Times article all about Nepo babies. Yes. So many people had a lot to say, but none other than Tom Hanks, whose sons are also in the industry. Mm-hmm. Um, he defends uh, his family from nepotism, nepotism claims, saying, this is a family business. This is what we've been doing forever. It's what all of our kids grew up in. If we were a plumbing supply business or if we ran the florist shop down the street, the whole family would be putting in time. The thing that doesn't change no matter what happens, no matter what your last name is, it's whether it works or not. It doesn't matter what our last names are. We have to do work in order to make that a true and authentic experience for the audience. Yeah, it depends. I feel like some Napa babies, I'm like, you deserve it. Yeah. Because they, they do put like time and effort and work and, and everything in. Like, because there's, there's, there's a lot of Napa babies. More than I most, thought. Most of Hollywood is a Napa baby. Saoirse Ronan's a Napa baby. Saoirse Ronan. Yeah, Kate yeah. Hudson. Yeah. Like her dad's in the industry. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. She never spoke about that until later because it came out and she was like, oh, yeah, my dad just. A silly little actor <laughs> everyone was like so that's how do you know what i mean yeah yeah um but no there's so many and some of them i'm not saying she doesn't i think she is one of the ones that serves because she went out there and she worked she auditioned she proved herself do you know yeah. what i mean yeah and then there's nepo babies like brooklyn beck who are claiming to be a chef and he's a chef and a photographer and an author mm. with a photography <laughs> book and then he marries a billionaire <laughs> do you know yeah like so there's two sides to nemo babies in like no, no that is absolutely fair i agree with you there <laughs> <laughs> so um and i agree with like what tom hanks is saying like it doesn't always work out just because his kids have this little step up doesn't mean that they'll they'll get to where he is or or where they are it's it's all true hard work and dedication and stuff so that is true and his latest film a man called Otto, which is very good by the way if you haven't seen it is uh, it I haven't yeah seen his it. son plays the younger version of himself and his wife produced it so uh, i did okay so that's where just i didn't know that that's where it comes so the film came out and then the article came out and uh, right i see but then there's then you could say that about will smith and jade smith that is true. Yeah, you can. Like when he was little and when he was a child, like a baby um, in this film with his dad. Like, yeah. You know? I mean, it's a fair criticism not to be, you know, but, you know, I mean, most, like you said, most of Hollywood is an Epo baby in some way or another, whether it's like a third grandchild removed or yeah. all, that, all that bullshit. Like, yeah. 
like there's a lot there's so many yeah it's crazy when you think about it, but it's it's part of life like I know that's really cynical and I'm not saying you can't make it if you're not an apple baby but like I remember years and years and years ago my mom kind of said to me she was like it's it's about who you know like she was she was that's like true. that's not our like lifestyle now she was never saying like you can't do the stuff you want to do but she was just like she had to make me realize like at a really young age there's people who's like parents are in the industry and mm-hmm. and our friends of family and uncles and and stuff and it was something that I had to know from really really early on that only few make it out that's true no that is absolutely true yeah so unfortunately i'm not an epa baby i'd love to be we could do an episode of nepo babies that's a good idea i want to make an epa baby i want my kid to be an epa baby you want to be famous and then your kids yeah yeah okay so just rich though sorry no you're fine just rich just rich yeah just rich So next up, final headline. He is probably one of the most famous Nepo babies from the most famous family in the world, Prince Harry. Um, mm. That is a fair criticism. It's fair, very fair. So his new book, Spare, is out now. And he's just, uh, this is off the back of the Harry and Meghan documentary, which mm-hmm. you have watched. I actually really enjoyed. So, you know, go ahead and watch that or don't. I don't care what you do. Yeah. Um, so, in this uh, book and as in interview with page six, he reveals a lot, specifically about his relationship with his brother William, Prince uh, and his father and Camilla. Prince Harry mm. revealed that both he and Prince William urged King Charles not to marry Camilla Parker Bells. 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 Um, Bells. Bells. The mistress, <laughs> for... <laughs> the mistress with whom their father cheated on their mother, Princess Diana, with for years. He also uh, said, uh, detailed uh, uh, an incident with William where William attacked him. He said, he set down the water, called me another name, then came at me. It all happened so fast. He grabbed me by the collar, ripped my necklace, and he knocked me to the floor. I landed on the dog's ball, which cracked under my back, the pieces cutting into me. I lay there for a moment, dazed, then got to my feet and told him to get out. A regretful William then tried to get uh, Harry to hit him back in retaliation like they had when they were children but Harry refused the heir left but returned to, later to apologise you don't need to tell Meg about this William reportedly said you mean that you attacked me said Harry I didn't attack you Harold William asserted Harry eventually told Markle about the alleged assault after she found the scrapes and bruises on his back the former actress wasn't that surprised that William allegedly laid his hands on his brother but was terribly sad Maybe this is just my like toxic ass council estate mind, but like I've heard of brothers like I know nobody should attack anybody, but I feel like uh, like eighty percent family somebody's gonna have a physical fist fight. Yeah, I've seen it in my own family, like it happens. Do you know, now I'm not saying I'm not condoning it. Yeah, I've never personally done it, but I'm just like. Could I write a book <laughs> about? Oh, you know yeah. Hold on, you have to think about this. Isn't your family, Katie? This is the royal family. Yeah, but like, they're not. A... I just think you it's a writing it in your book. Like, <laughs> mm. <laughs> my brother attacked me, and people are probably reading a bit. Okay, hold on, hold on, but this has more to do with <laughs> what? how he felt about leaving, and you know his how they treated his wife and all of this all of these things yeah but he didn't need to add that sorry yeah but i'm sorry <laughs> no i think i think it's pretty necessary because have you seen all the on twitter people are calling camilla what what did they call her camilla the homewrecker was trending yeah that's fair I, I don't disagree with that prince william is a prince william is a bully prince william is a racist kk case was tra- trending as well mm-hmm so, yeah, no, no, I'm not. I'm not discrediting anything that they've done ever to be bad. I'm not saying they're nice people, but I'm just saying he's not the only person to be attacked by. <laughs> it's all I'm. It's all I'm saying. <laughs> I have never gotten into a physical fist fight with any of my family. 
<laughs> it shows. We're very, we're very different people. <laughs> I am from Neilstown. I know, I know, I know your ends, Evan. Okay, but me personally, You're, all right. <laughs> it's normal. <laughs> okay. I'm about twenty minutes up the road. You think? I know. That's why I said I know your ends. <laughs> but on mine we just physically alternate in the middle of violence is not the answer the answer is 42 no, I know I know it's not the answer it's not the answer but um, hope he makes all the money from his book not that he needs it but... not that he needs it but yes because he has children Nepo babies Nepo babies oh are they Nepo babies that's a good question yeah <laughs> they haven't done anything yet to me they, they're still semi-royal <laughs> They're, they're, they haven't done anything. But they're going to grow up and they are be going well to. off and, and not have to work as hard as most. And that's what an Ebo baby is. And I will buy their books. Thank you. <laughs> so, Katie, I'm going to let you introduce this week's topic. This week, Evan, we have our first follow-up episode, or should I say sequel episode, Either way, this is a podcast force for us, and we all know, and we all know, Evan and myself love a bit of mystery, which can be a bit like peeling back an onion. And onions have layers, which could lead us to talking for hours. Good thing today we are talking about glass onion and knives out mystery. So, Evan, what is your history with glass onion? Well, it all stems from me watching the first knives out and being obsessed with it and watching it multiple times, mm-hmm. and then. Pretty soon after that, a sequel was announced Mm -hmm. and followed like, you know, like when the cast was announced and things like that. And when I saw the cast was announced, I was like, Janelle Monet, Kate Hudson, Catherine Hahn, Leslie Odom Jr. I was like, Daniel Craig is returning. I was like, I'm in. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And then it was it was only released in cinema for one week and I wanted to go see it, but I didn't have time. So I waited till it came on Netflix about a month later and I watched Mm -hmm. on Netflix and we'll get to how I feel later. But um, yeah, that's my history with Glass Onion, Knives Out Mystery. What's your history? Mine's similar. Um, you know, we done Knives Out for the podcast mm-hmm. and I watched it then. I really liked it. Thought nothing of it ever again. Didn't know there was a sequel coming out. Did you mention that in the episode, actually? I think, yeah. It was a sequel. Okay. just been announced. Okay, so I did know there was a sequel and then I forgot there was a sequel coming out. <laughs> and then... <laughs> And then it was everywhere. Well, like it was like glass onion, glass onion in cinemas for when we go need blah 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 blah. Uh. And then it was like glass onion comes to Netflix, and I was like, oh, I'm not really gonna watch this one. I'm not bothered. <laughs> and then <laughs> um, I suggested to do it for the podcast, so I watched it last night. That's my. <laughs> I'm not gonna watch it. Oh, can we do it anyway? <laughs> I, well, I wasn't pushed on watching it for no reason. And then I was like, oh, it would be good to do for the podcast because it'd be sequel and a follow up. And now we're here. So we are going to follow up on our Knives Out episode with this Glass Onion recap. Katie, are you ready? Yes, I am ready. Let's peel back the layers. Um, so Claire answers the door to a package as she gets ready for a CNN interview. And the gift is from her friend Miles. The film takes place in May 2020, peak pandemic. Lionel is in a meeting and talks about Miles, and he also gets a gift from Miles. Birdie is throwing a party, and Peg brings her a gift from Miles. Lionel calls Claire, and Birdie joins in the call. Duke is streaming on Twitch with his girlfriend, Whiskey. Duke's mother tells him the gift from Miles is in the kitchen. Lionel is the first to open the box, and it leads to many puzzles. The group all try to crack the puzzles, and Birdie tries to Shazam the songs being played. They crack the puzzles and they get an invite to a long weekend on Miles' private island and Miles is throwing a murder mystery party. Andy also receives Miles' gifts and smashes it up. Benoit Blanc is playing Among Us on, Among Us on Zoom in his bathtub. Blanc expresses that lockdown has been hard for him without any cases to crack. Blanc also receives Miles' gift. So a masked up Blanc is waiting for the boat to head to the private island and he meets the other passengers. The boat pulls up. The passengers get a shot before heading on onto the boat. Andy arrives as the passenger is bored and everyone is shocked. Andy and Miles started out in business together and he cut her out. The passengers arrive on the island. 
Uh, Blanc begins to greet Miles, but he is shocked. But Miles is shocked when he sees Andy strolled up. Miles wants to take them on a tour of the glass onion named, which is named after a bar they went to. The early dong uh, rings and their rooms have been assigned. Miles tells Andy she's glad she came. Miles and Blanc go into the glass onion to talk. Miles asks Blanc what he's doing there and he explains that he was invited. Miles thinks uh, that Blanc was invited as a joke for the murder mystery party and he makes Blanc an official guest. So the guests all lay out by the pool. Peg tells Birdie that she needs to tell Miles about the statement. Whiskey flirts with Miles and Birdie tells about how she met Miles. Andy sits and Birdie greets her. Blanc asks what drew everyone together. Miles explains why they are the disruptors. Andy slow claps and tells them they are holding on to Miles. Claire chases after her. Claire thinks Andy has changed. Miles tells Peg to get Birdie to make a statement. Blanc strolls around the grounds and Duke jogs by. So he lights a cigarette and an alarm goes off. Duke sees Whiskey and Miles fooling around and he hears a noise, but no one is there. But Blanc is watching from afar. The guests head down to dinner and the party is underway. Andy arrives down and he ha- and Miles hands her a whiskey soda, her usual. Claire points out the Mona Lisa picture. Miles tells them it's not in fact a picture, it's the real thing. Miles shows them clear a, the clear hydrogen solution he's been working on. The guests all sit around for the murder mystery dinner. The game is about to begin and Blanc asks what the prize is. Blanc manages to crack the case before the game even begins and points out the crossbow. He puts the pieces together, references Birdie's diamond from her magazine cover, and the dummy arrow goes off. Blanc and Miles head into the glass onion and Blanc gets an iPad. Blanc tells Miles that for at least uh, for at least one person on the island, it's not a it's not a game. Blanc admires the copy of the napkin with the original algorithm. The guests all drink downstairs and Duke is getting Google alerts. Duke tells everyone he is gone the next day and Whiskey gets annoyed. Andy confronts the group. Claire rips into Andy and Andy tells them her life was taken away from her. Andy wants the truth from them. Duke tells Andy she's lost and that she isn't a victim. And then Andy walks away. Duke's phone continues to get Google alerts. Miles tries to liven up the party and gets Birdie to dance. Blanc asks where Andy is. Duke wants to show Miles his phone and they hug. Miles sits beside Duke as Birdie spins in her dress. So they all toast and Duke takes a drink. Duke starts choking and then he dies. Claire is worried about her reputation and pukes. Miles questioned if that was if that was a murder. Blanc says this, that, that it was in fact done intentionally. There are no boats till low tide in the morning, so they have to still remain there. Miles cops the glass on the floor. He realizes Duke drank from his glass. Miles hides behind Blanc. Blanc goes to silence Duke's phone, but cannot find it. Miles uh, backs away and Duke's gun is gone. The early dong rings again and Miles had the electricity cut off for his game. Miles runs around the hall, runs around the halls and calls for Andy. Blanc looks for Andy and notices that a knife is missing. Blanc catches Andy. Someone is hiding with a gun and shoots Andy. Blanc stands over Andy's body and they all run out to see this. Blanc says it's time to finish it and gathers everyone. Blanc says there is only one person who can tell them who killed Cassandra Bland. Then we come back to a few days ago and Andy's twin sister, Helen, has come to see Blanc. She is carrying the broken box that Andy destroyed. Andy is in fact dead. Helen tells Blanc a about the rich bitch character her and Andy made up when they were kids. Helen tells Blanc Andy didn't commit suicide and that Andy was blackmailing Miles with her napkin. Helen tells Blanc the red envelope with the napkin was gone. Helen wants to Blanc to solve the case. So Blanc wants Helen to come to the island as Andy. She refuses at first, but she agrees. Helen meets Blanc looking like Andy. They formulate a plan the night before the boat takes off. We get the backstory of how the gang met Miles. We learn Miles helped everyone out and Andy wrote the formula for a new the new hydrogen on a napkin from the glass onion. Andy refused to go through with the deal and Miles cut her out. The group all testifies against Andy in court. Andy found out Miles copied the napkin and she had the original one hidden away. Helen writes the suspect's name in a notebook uh, questioning their motives. Helen and Blanc talk about 
talk at the beach upon arrival on the islands. Helen begins to snoop and she meets Whiskey. Whiskey tells Helen what happened to her was wrong. Claire and Lionel discuss her uh discuss her signing off to the signing off the power plant, and Helen listens close blo- close by. Helen sneaks behind Birdie. Uh, Blanc and Helen talk in the bathroom and he tells her whoever killed her paid her a visit. Helen drinks some kombucha before her outburst with Miles and the others. So Claire catches up to Helen. Duke follows behind and they talk about the email that was sent. Lionel, Claire and Duke paid Andy a visit the day she died. Birdie went uh, later that later on the same day. Duke almost got into an accident with the driver. Claire tells Lionel something's off about Andy as Helen walks away. Blanc and Helen catch up and try to hash out what time Andy was killed at. So Serena Williams is on the screen in the home gym and asks them if they're going to do a session. Miles gets a fax of the email from Andy. Duke is on the phone to Whiskey and tells him to get an answer out of Miles, which is when we see Duke watching Miles and Whiskey through the window. Helen is hiding. Duke hears the noise and she hides again. Whiskey tells Miles to give Duke a spot on Alpha News. Helen sneaks into Birdie's room as Peg and Birdie argue. Birdie says she will sign the statement. It turns out that Birdie used a sweatshop to create her sweatpants brand. Miles is going to pay Birdie off. Blanc and Helen have all the evidence they need, but one thing remains, the envelope. Helen picked the fight with everyone on purpose. Helen searches everyone's room. Helen checks her phone. Uh, the, the news is broken of Andy's death. Whiskey finds Helen in her room. She tells Whiskey he deserved what he got and Whiskey grabs a spear gun. Helen runs to meet Blanc. The envelope is in the glass onion. Helen gets shot. Helen did not in fact die when she was shot. Blanc takes out a bottle of the Jerry, Jeremy Renner's hot sauce mentioned earlier in the film and pours it on Helen's clothes. The group all see what they believe to be Andy's dead body. Hot sauce drips into Andy's nose and she get uh, into Helen's nose and she, Helen's nose, sorry. And she gets up when everyone's gone inside. Helen looks for the red envelope in the glass onion. Helen finds it hidden behind Miles' replica of the of the original napkin. Blanc tells everyone to look into the clear centre of the glass onion. Miles handed Duke the glass while Birdie spun. Miles was the driver that almost struck Duke the night Andy died. Miles claimed to be living in Greece, but two weeks previously had, gi- had give- given Whiskey her Taurus necklace. Helen walks in holding the envelope. Lionel faxed Miles the email in New York. Miles killed Andy in her home. Duke found out via Google alert that Andy died. Miles was hiding Duke's phone. Duke's phone. No one has their phones on them. Duke showed Miles the headline of Andy's death moments before Duke died. Duke was allergic to pineapples, as he mentioned before. He got in the boat. Miles uh, put pineapple juice in Duke's drink. The article references Andy's sister Helen, and they realize Helen was standing in front of them. Uh, Miles always had a loaded gun in reach. Blanc accidentally gave Miles the idea of turning off all the lights, carrying a loaded gun from their conversation after Blanc ruined the mystery dinner. Miles shot Helen. Helen pulls out the napkin. Miles asks her how she can prove that's the original napkin. Helen points out the napkin is engraved with the word glass onion from the bar. Miles burns the napkin. Miles asks the group if anyone saw the burning napkin. And he tells Helen she has no evidence. No one steps up to speak out against Miles. Helen begs Blanc to do something. He tells her nothing he can he can do but offer her courage. Helen downs Andy's signature drink and didn't and smashes all the glass uh, belongings to uh, belonging to Miles. She starts smashing all of the expensive glass statues around them and they cheer her on. Birdie smashes one of them and screams. Lionel and Claire start smashing glasses. Helen smashes everything in sight. Helen sets the place on fire. Miles tells her to stop and to walk away. Helen wants to remind Miles of why Helen walked away in the first place. When Blanc handed Helen the drink, he also handed her the hydrogen solution. And the Hindenburg begins. The glass onion explodes. Blanc is sitting outside smoking. The house begins to fall apart and Helen sets her sights on the Mona Lisa. Everyone tries to stop Helen, but she flips the switch and lets Simona Lisa burn. Everyone sits on the steps as Miles comes out yelling. Helen reminds him his future just burned the most famous painting, and it's the end for Miles Braun. Helen tells him he got his wish to be remembered in the same breath as the Mona Lisa, and then Helen walks away. 
Miles tries to get everyone on his side again, but they all decide they saw the napkin burn. They saw him grab the gun and drive away from Andy's house the night that she was killed. Blanc and Helen sit together. He asks her if she got if she got Miles, and she says yes. And that is the end of Glass Onion and Knives Out Mystery. So let's get into a discussion. Where to begin? I love it so much. Yeah, I did like it. Oh, I want more of these. I want like 80 more of these, please. <laughs> mm, really? I want it. I think it's, I think, I don't even think it feels like a sequel. It feels like a standalone story just with Blanc. Well, well, it is a standalone story. Yeah. It is. Like, that's what it is. It's a sequel to the franchise, but it's, it is its own thing. Yeah, you don't need to see the first Knives Out to see this. Oh, no, absolutely not. Like, mm. without a shadow of doubt, you do not need to see the first one. But, um, yeah, no, I, I do. I, I liked it better than the first one. Yeah. Yeah, I did. I did think it was better. But it took me a minute to get into it. Really? Yeah. So then where, when did you kind of jump in? At what point? I kind of, like, really got enthralled when um, Helen was shot. Yeah. Yeah, that's when. When I was like, right, okay, I can actually watch this. Yeah. Because before that, I was just like, oh, my God. Like, not that I wasn't enjoying it, but I was kind of like, I could have turned it off from being happy, but I knew I had to watch it. I knew I had to power through. So I was like, no, you have to, because you'll be killed. So, um, and like, Kevin wouldn't let me turn it off anyway. Like, he confiscated my phone and everything. So I, because like I was trying to sneaky go on my phone and not pay attention, and he was like, "No, I'm taking this." Mm-hmm. So he took my phone, um, very very early on in the movie, to be honest. And um, yeah, after Helen got shot, I kind of was like, "All right, maybe I can get on with this." And then when I realized like Andy was dead, because that's when we found yeah. out. I was like, right after that, I was like, oh, "Okay, right, okay." Once it starts unraveling, is when I get really interested. Once it starts peeling back the layers. Yeah. Oh, uh, because it does that. <laughs> it it does has do layers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, my God. Nowadays, I mean, obviously, it's my second time watching it. Um. Okay. So, obviously, the first time, you know, it's just like, where is this going? Who's going to get yeah. murdered? And who is the murderer? Yeah. Because um, I was like, it's going to follow like a simple murder mystery format. But it doesn't, which I love. Mm. I think that's so clever. But, um, yeah. Uh, and then... There's just and then the second time I watch it, there's so many like Easter eggs and like thing you'd miss. So before it's revealed that Helen is playing Andy, he actually yeah. when Blanc goes to meet her the before she gets shot, he actually calls her Helen, but you'd miss it if you if you weren't paying that much attention. Oh really? I didn't notice that. Yeah, I didn't notice that either. But then in the second time I was like, Oh, he actually calls her Helen. Uh-huh. Yeah, and then there's like the so in the the, when they get the box, there's the puzzle of the letter N, but there's one square missing and it's just red. Yeah. It kind of foreshadows when Andy, when Helen finds the envelope. Yeah. Behind the red square. Yeah. Oh, okay. I, I love it so much. Um, My only take that I got from it, well, to be fair, Kevin gave me this, but I'm going to use it anyway, mm-hmm. um, was that their masks like explain their personalities so before they get on the boat they're all wearing their face coverings oh yeah and it like the masks like all it's like it explains who they are so like um ben was is like very like matches his outfit yeah and then um i'm gonna I'm, i like forget all the names already so the scientist guy lionel uh, lionel lionel is wearing like the standard medical mask but it's just black yeah. um the politician one is like not wearing it properly so mm-hmm. I was like wearing it to see to show that she's wearing like a reusable face covering but it's like not even covering her nose mm-hmm. and then um the ditty one birdie birdie yeah Kate birdie is wearing like a mesh face yeah mask. the messy true mask yeah yeah <laughs> And he's added to me, and I was like, "Oh yeah!" And he woke up. There you go. <laughs> I know. Oh my gosh! If Janelle Monae does not win some sort of award for this, I will actually yeah. the streets. She did an amazing job. 
just to clarify, that's Andy and Hell. Yeah. Yeah. No, she did. She was great. She was really, really good. And then um, Kate Hudson, obviously, did amazing. Oh, Kate Hudson was brilliant in this movie. <laughs> I, love I felt like I was watching her, like, in an early 2000s rom-com. Like, she was just... Like how to lose a guy in 10 days, which is also in with Catherine Hahn, who's Claire in this movie. Oh yeah. I love Catherine Hahn actually. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I did. I really felt like I was watching her in early childhood movie. I was like, oh, she's brilliant. Yeah. No, um, I had another clue that oh yeah. So there was another kind of foreshadowing thing. So remember when they're they're like sitting by the pool and they're explaining why they're called. The disruptors, that's it. Yeah. But so um it's a uh, it's Miles telling them. So he said something like you have to start off breaking something small and yeah. then it's bigger and bigger and bigger until the one thing that people tell you not to break, you just go for it. So then that foreshadows when Helen is breaking all yeah. the statues and then she goes to destroy the Mona Lisa. <laughs> yes, yeah. I also did have to have that one explained to me after the movie as well. Mm. Um but <laughs> no, it was. It was brilliant. Like it was really good. Um, I didn't get it at all. I really was watching it like not brains out in my mind. Like I was just like, oh, she's smashing stuff. This is crazy. <laughs> um, part of me was kind of like, oh, that's so expensive. Don't do that. But then the other part of me was like, it's a movie. It <laughs> like, yeah, I kind of just had to remind myself this film. I was like, no, fine. <laughs> I can do stuff like this. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> probably sugar water anyway it's all right don't be worrying yeah um but yeah no i did no i did enjoy it um mm. but am i a fan no i am a fan like i probably would watch it again if somebody was like oh, i'm gonna watch this movie like do you want to watch it with me I'd be like yeah sure you know mm-hmm. yeah I'd be like, oh, i don't watch it like shit because it's not it's really really good it's brilliant but in my mind, is it just another modern mystery movie? Yeah. Well, it's like, I, I know Ryan Johnson, who directed this film, he didn't actually want Knives Out in the sequel. So that's mm. why it's called Glass Onion, Knives Out Mystery. So people just refer it to Glass Onion, basically. Oh, yeah, no, yeah. So, yeah, but like, if they'd call it Knives Out 2, I don't think it would have done as well. No, it wouldn't have. And there wasn't really any, like, knife action in it, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> The same, like... <laughs> Because the other one actually had reference to knives. Yeah. Yeah, and obviously this one had the glass one in it, and I get it, but I mean, I don't mean like it's like another murder mission movie like the sequel, I just, I mean like it's just, that's just like the movie, it's just a genre, it's just a murder mystery movie. It's well, just... I feel like we don't really get enough of them, it's always like superhero stuff and like CGI, and I think when it's kind of stripped back in a bit more, yeah. not, not, this movie, not that this movie in particular is simple because it's quite extravagant, but like when it's kind of all just a bit like What's the word I'm looking for? Simplistic? For lack of a better word, simplistic? Yeah. Like, it's a bit more like, okay, we're actually trying to tell a story here, not like CGI, money. Let's go for it. Let's, you know. Yeah, no, I do. I do understand where you're coming from. Mm-hmm. It's it's more of like a, an old school approach to film, almost. To quote Harry Styles, it's like a real movie. <laughs> yeah, it's like a real <laughs> movie. No. <laughs> <laughs> not fake one, a real um, no it was I did no I did I'm I'm playing it I'm being a brat like I was being a brat last night as well it's like just shite no it's not it is not <laughs> like, it's I will not. have no slander but even like I was like no he, it was his second time watching it as well he watched by himself mm. at home as well like when it came out on Netflix but he was he was like no it's not like shut up and watch it and I was like shit and only the case shut up like no, yeah <laughs> and then by the end he's like well did you enjoy it and I was like yeah <laughs> <laughs> I'm such a brat I just I don't know I don't know why I'm no brat sometimes okay I'm gonna ask you this and I don't know if you'll you'll get it but did you understand the significance of the U Grant cameo. No. No? <laughs> no. Okay, so I want to just clarify this. So Ryan Johnson, who directed Knives Out on this movie, <laughs> said that Benoit Blanc was queer. If you don't believe it, just watch him out by the pool in that outfit. Explains it all. No, the way he took the shot down the back of the throat, he's no gag reflex. Oh my God. 
me and Kevin had the conversation about this earlier. <laughs> Not the okay. I was a bit more innocent. <laughs> Yeah, but and and that too, and his little cravats that he wears all the time. Yeah, Not and that he, that like it, it screams camp, like it does scream camp. Yes, but obviously that's that's what I was thinking of, and also he lives with another man who's wearing a pink apron. Men can wear pink aprons as well. Uh, you, I would marry you, Grant. It's fine. Well, so Notting Hill, you, Grant. What? Notting Hill, you, Grant. I would say. Yeah. 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 So, but like the way I asked that question, you were like, no. No. <laughs> what, two grown men living together? Okay, I do now, but I didn't know what he meant. Like, but I still, in my mind, like, didn't think, like, oh, gay, straight away. Okay, but, okay, so when, why did it come to the. Or queer. Because it came to um... him getting the, the disinfectant. Because everybody else was like, oh. He was just like, "Ooh, that's what he done." He was like, "Ooh," and then was like, Jesus Christ! <laughs> not every like for any for everyone else, you cannot see me at the minute. I did just open my mouth. Sure. <laughs> yes, I was being explicit, guys. I'm sorry. Jesus Christ! This is glass onion. It is glass onion. Expensive. It's very expensive. <laughs> I don't know if I'd tell me on Ireland, though. No, not as extravagant as that. You feel very lonely. Very lonely. Well, Miles is a dick. He is a dick. And I didn't like his character. And I really was hoping that he would die. And he did. So I was like, oh, no, he didn't. I was yeah. I, so when I was watching it the first time, I was expecting like I was like it can't be Miles. It can't be Miles. It's too obvious. And then I was like, wait, this film wants me to think that it's too obvious, so I don't think it's him. So I think it's like because yeah. I was like, oh, it's more than likely Claire. Like, but also, oh, really? yeah, and but also as well, you know the way Claire and Lionel were always together. Yeah. Did you think they were having an affair? No, I thought Lionel was gay. You thought Lionel was gay? Yeah. I just, just tell me he's shall, shall we reference this the disinfectant conversation? Which is... I actually didn't notice his reaction with disinfectant. <laughs> oh god. Okay. Um, but you know, that's what I got from that. I got like Lionel was like a supportive gay friend, and that she was a married woman who wasn't wasn't very happy and was very stressed because of her career was going down the toilet and she had to rely on this one other man. To save it, and I just thought Lionel was being sound like. Yeah, no, because I thought that because she was always with Lionel, and then she would answer the phone to the husband, and then I was like, hmm. and I was like, maybe, but then it was like they're not having an affair, so I was like, okay, I was wrong. Yeah, I I wouldn't be a good detective. Oh, I'd be a terrible detective. I was trying to. Like solve it in my head and all, and I was like trying to guess everything. Got everything so wrong. Yeah, you can't. You can't do that. Why? You just no, not that you can't. It's just like you just. I always do it. I always overthink everything. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Like when I watch a series and it's like you have to guess who like the killer is, and I'm like, no, it's got to be this person. Yeah, I hate stuff like that. I'm always wrong. Yeah, but I doubt me too. I'm always wrong. That's why I don't like it. If I was right, I'd be like, let me watch this. <laughs> okay. I'll figure it out. Although I'm good at like figuring out like law and order and stuff. Right. I just watched that with my mom when I was younger and used to always figure it out. Like, mm, that was him. Mm. Yeah, I, I think actually it's my one of my favorite aspects about this, besides just the whole aesthetic, is the, the costume design. Yeah. Yeah. So we talked about Benoit's amazing by the pool outfit. Mm-hmm. And a lot of Kate Hudson stuff is just epic. Incredible. Yeah. Also, how does she have that body? Oh, she's incredible. And then a lot of Janelle stuff. I think every they've all got like, it, they're all kind of like, it's the way they dress them as well. It's very like their character. You know what I mean? Mm, yeah, true to the character. Yeah, so like Birdie's quite extravagant and then Claire's a politician, so she's quite beige. And then like yeah. Andy wears kind of bold colours because obviously Helen is out there just trying to, you know. Yeah. Also, another kind of Easter egg foreshadowing clue thing. You know, when Helen's writing in the notebook everyone's name and she's taking off their motives? 
Yeah. So she writes Miles's name beside the and um, beside the column headlines headings. Mm-hmm. So basically, she's just kind of it's like basically telling you that Miles is the one. But you uh... cut that again, again. You wouldn't cut that the first time you watch it. Yeah, it's something that you have to watch like in the second or third time to kind of pick up on these things. Yeah, you're, you're going to pick up on these things if you ever watch it again. Yeah. Um. Also, when we go back to the costume, like whiskey was given serious, like um, like oh Polly babe vibes. Oh yeah, very much. So. Like she ordered all her stuff off, for, like oh Polly and the sky didn't know. Like she was just given that vibe, like that dress. I I genuinely was like, I think one of my friends had that dress. <laughs> <laughs> I genuinely do think one of my friends or like a very, very similar dress. Um, and they would order from sites like that. Mm, played by Madeline Klein from Edderbanks. Huh. And they, oh my God, I was cracked up when she was outside with the vape. Oh yeah. <laughs> I was like, it's so funny. Like even 10 years ago, maybe 15 years ago, like you'd see them outside like lighting up a smoke. Mm-hmm. Being stressed, and she's just outside, like vape. a hoof and a vape, like <laughs> <laughs> so funny. I was like, Oh my god! And I forgot that I had heard when it was coming out that it was set in COVID, and I completely forgot. Then, when they all had face masks and all on, I was like, <gasps> Yeah, I do. I love what I hate. You know what I hate when something is set in COVID and it's like it constantly has to remind you, Yeah, this you didn't was just have to do that, though. yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was nice. It was a good, like, subtle nod to mm-hmm. everything, but also. Or, like, when um, Helen went to Benoit's house and they were sitting outside. Did you notice that? Wait, wait, what are you talking about? So, when Helen went to Benoit's house at the start. Yeah. Well, like, and they, she was like, oh, I have this box, like, my sister's dead, but she definitely didn't kill herself, blah, blah, yeah. blah. Please help. They were sitting outside. Oh, so yeah. remember back then. You had to sit us. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't even think about that. Yeah. Well, see, no. see, now you're catching on. <laughs> <laughs> it was just one thing I noticed. And I was like, oh, there's in the side. That's so funny. Because she had the face mask on when she was at the door. Yeah, I remember that. And then they were sitting outside and she didn't have the face mask on. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know if I have anything more to say. I probably will. And I'll probably be kicking myself later. But... I know uh, I always do. Oh, always happens, always happens. Um, I absolutely adored this film and I'll watch it again and again and again. And I want about seven more of these, Ryan Johnson, Daniel Craig, please. I did like it. Um, if there's another one, I probably will watch it. Mm-hmm. So that's all the compliments I get for me. Daniel Craig is <laughs> great. Daniel Craig has beautiful eyes. He does. He's wonderful. Beautiful. I wasn't too familiar with his work, but he's wonderful. Yeah, beautiful eyes. Really good. Oh my god. Okay, so what's next? We're going to talk about the uh, success of Glass Onion and Knives Out Mystery. Mm-hmm. Um, so, it released in cinemas for one week, so it, it made $15 million against a budget of $40 million. Could be worse, could be better. Um, Wait, sorry, 50 or $15 million they made? 15 Against, against 40. 40 Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, but uh, it was done box offices for like one, box offices cinemas for one week. Yeah, fair. Um, and then obviously released on Netflix a month later. It is now the third most watched film on Netflix. It has 92% on Rotten Tomatoes. I usually start with that. Don't know why I didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, Glass Onion Eyes at Mystery was nominated for six Critics' Choice Movie Awards and two Golden Globe Awards. It was named one of the top 10 best films of 2022 by National Board of Review and the American Film Institute. So Netflix currently holds the right to at least one more film in the series. In September 2022, uh, Ryan Johnson confirmed his intention to make more. Later that month, uh, Daniel Craig and Johnson separately said they would continue making further films in the series, so as long as they're both involved together. And then in November 2022, Johnson said he was preparing to work on writing the third film. Ooh, very good. So there's going to be another one, and I can't wait. I am excited to see what they do with it, because I can see how they make it different and stuff. Well... It's funny you say that. Are you ready to make it different with the little game? Yes, I am. So Knives Out and Glass Onion are both incredible murder mysteries with incredible casts. Mm-hmm. And each film has archetypes that are similar or uh, similar to different murder mysteries as well as to each other. 
<laughs> so I've prepared a little game. We are going to cast a Knives Out murder mystery, and we've assigned some archetypes. Now, Daniel Cray will continue to play Benoit Blanc because no, no exceptions. Um, <laughs> here are the archetypes that we have. We have the rich asshole. So like your Miles mm-hmm. or um, Michael Shannon's character in the first one. The shallow socialite, such as like Kate Hudson or Tony Collette in Knives Out. The protagonist, so like Marta in the first one or Helen in this one. Mm-hmm. The douchebag, so like um, Chris Evans in the first one or Duke in this movie. The politician, so like Claire, very outspoken, you know. And kind of like Jamie Lee Curtis in the, in the first one, like, she wasn't a politician, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. The pretend ally, the one who pretends to be on the protagonist's side, but is really working against them. Hmm. The internet fixated Gen Z, so kind of like whiskey. And then we're going to decide who gets murdered. So that can be someone else, or it can be one of these characters. And then we're going to decide who done it again. can be someone else or someone one of these characters. Mm-hmm. So who are we going to cast first? Am I going first? Do you want to go first? I don't mind going first. You go first. Okay, so I'll start with the rich asshole. I didn't actually prepare for this. I'm doing this kind of off the cuff. <laughs> I prepared semi. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, so rich asshole. I'm going to go with, even though he's kind of played it before, Robert Denny Jr. Okay. Who did you have? Elon Musk. You know? <laughs> you know, fits like. Is this a documentary? <laughs> okay, so the shallow socialite. Who did you have? Um, Elwood's pre-lawyer. <laughs> Elwood's pre-lawyer. <laughs> yeah, I really feel like she grew after that, but she was a shallow socialite before she became a lawyer. So. I'm going to go with Laura Dern, because that's like her character in Big Blue Lies. Okay. Uh, the protagonist, so the one who's working with Blanc. Who did you pick? Rachel Green. Rachel Green? You're going for fictional. Yeah. I like it. Yeah, I, I have a mixture. A mixture. Protagonist. I would probably... I'm going to choose Mae Whitman. Who's that? From Good Girls? No, I don't know. The Duff? Have you seen The Duff? No. Okay. <laughs> you know her face. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. I'll look her So then we have the douchebag. Scott Disick. I was really proud of my answers earlier. No, I like them. They're funny. They're really unexpected. Who's yours? Oh, God. Okay. I mean, I'll go with... Yeah, I'll go with Jake Paul. Mm. That is fair Mm. enough. I don't know why it's the first person came to my mind. No. The Politician. Okay, so I couldn't think of any celebrities, so I just wrote down Leo Fradiker, who is an actual politician in Ireland. For anyone who's not in Ireland, I doesn't know who that is. <laughs> He's one of our main politicians. But I feel like he'd be very good in this movie. <laughs> yeah. I need you to draw me a picture of this dinner table because... It'd be so eclectic. So my politician, I'm gonna go with Addison Johnny. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, so next, the pretend ally. Uh, Karamo from Queer Eye. <laughs> <laughs> These answers are making me laugh. They're actually really Sorry. They're just really unexpected. Thanks. <laughs> I really tried so hard. <laughs> The pretend ally. I'll probably go with Margot Robbie. Oh, very good. Yeah, no, I can see it. The internet fixated Gen Z. Addison Ray. Oh, that is fair. You know, I should have expected that. Yeah, like I was like, <laughs> looking up, I was like, when is Gen Z? And then I was like, okay, you know, that's Addison Ray. The internet fixated Gen Z. I have completely forgotten. Uh, I'll probably go with, can I be a, a boy? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, I'll go with Noah Schnapp. Yeah, very good. Who had some very good news this week as well. I Just love that. Know. I love that kid. I love that kid. Yeah. Congrats, Noah. Congrats. I'm proud of you. Love you. You're a bit. You're like a millionaire, but yes. But yeah, 
Congrats. So then who's getting murders? Uh, Scott Disick. Okay. And then who done it? Al Woods. Okay. So I'm going to... I've completely forgotten. So I'm going to say Alison Janney gets murders. Mm-hmm. Sadly. And it was done by Robert Denny Jr. Oh. That, that was just literally out of my head. Interesting. That is interesting. What a turn of events. What a turn of events. What a twist. The rich asshole becomes the murderer. That's awesome. <laughs> and my rich asshole becomes the murderee. <laughs> there you go. Can you draw me a picture of your... Draw you a picture? Draw me a picture of this party, or at least just like Photoshop them all in one photo. Do the you know last supper, my... but with all of them. I will try my best to do that for you. <laughs> I will try my very hardest photo editing skills to do that for you. I want to see Addison Ray and Leo Bradford sitting beside Oh my God. No, and like Scott Disick and Elwood's. <laughs> I just think it's so funny. That was I incredible. Just... Elon Musk and Karamo, hand in hand. <laughs> best um... friend. Okay, so now school is in session. First class of 2023. It's time. <laughs> Pop quiz. So we're going to peel back the layers once again and pop quiz, glass onion. 10 quiz questions for Katie. Uh, yeah, so let's begin. Good luck to me. So, first question it's multiple choice. Mm-hmm. So, question one What song is Miles playing on the guitar when the boat pulls up to the island? Is it Blackbird, Hello Goodbye, Yellow Submarine, or Hey Jude? It's Blackboard. The face you made there. I know, I was so excited. <laughs> Question two. Birdie, aka Kate Hudson, set up a company to sell what kind of clothing? Hmm, I want to say one thing, but I think it's another thing. Hmm, I want to say tracksuits, but I'm going to just say joggers. So I'll give you that. It's sweatpants. Sweatpants. Okay. Okay, so question three. Th- true or false? Whiskey is a Taurus. True. That is true. Question four. Um, multiple choice. What game is Blanc playing in the bath? Is it Animal Crossing, Among Us, Wordle, or Call of Duty? It's Among Us. It should have been Wordle. It should have been what? It should have been <laughs> That's not a murder mystery game. But also, like, oh. the, the Among Us one is, like, all about, like, one of you is like the traitor or something. That's also foreshadowing as well. Yeah, I don't. I didn't even realize that until. Well, well, first of all, I actually didn't even realize last night that it was among us. It just you thought you said it earlier, and then I remembered. Um. And Angela Lansbury's on the call. Oh no! Stop! I think that's why I didn't see that it was among us because like I was actually about to burst into oh, tears. I know. Oh god. Okay. So then, question five: Which character is active on Twitch? The one that dies. Do you know his name? Um, his name is Duke. That is Duke, yeah. <sighs> oh, happy I remembered. Question six. Which character once compared themselves to Harriet Tubman in spirit? Harriet Tubman in spirit. The politician? No. Oh. I don't know. Is Birdie. Ah, uh, okay. So question seven. Who takes Duke's phone after he dies? Miles. That is Miles, yep. Yeah. Question eight. Who believes Andy is the one that killed Duke? Whiskey. That is whiskey. Question nine. Uh, who is the first character to get the puzzle box from Miles? Claire. That is Claire. And then question 10, multiple choice. Which British actor had made a cameo in the film? Idris Elba, Tom Hiddleston, Hugh Grant or Rowan Atkinson? Hugh Grant. Yes, my king. And you have nine out of ten. That was the <laughs> That was really good, in fairness. Did better than I thought. It's only because I watched it last week. 
That is fair. Fresh in the mind. Yeah. Well, to be fair, I've done way worse than stuff that I've watched today before as well. But I guess mm. I did find it interesting. I do want to actually mention here. Oh, yeah. Before we move on. Is the other way, like, I make up different names for people in my head. Yeah. So, like, I want to keep calling um, Miles Merlin for some reason. <laughs> what? And, and I want to keep calling Whiskey Walnut. Why? And I have... I have, I have, I like this is this is my brain. I have no idea. That's why it was taking me so long to answer some of them questions because I was like Merlin. I was like, no, Miles. Miles. <laughs> and every time I go to say Whiskey's name, Walnut wants to come out. Is it just like association in your brain? I think so. That's crazy. <laughs> I don't know. Like it was even happening last night. Like, and it happens to me with like people in everyday life. Like, I will just christen them a new name, and then like call, and they're like, "That's not my name." I'm like, "I'm so sorry." <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what it is. So now that we've unpacked Katie's, <laughs> Katie's issues again, um, as always, this is my uh, character, guys. Every week now, uh, yeah. we're gonna. We're going to put Glass Onion on our pop scale ranking out of five uh, based on how much we like it and its place in pop culture. Katie, what do you give Glass Onion and Knives Out Mystery? You know, I'm going to give it a four. Yeah. Yeah, I gave it a four last night when he, um, Kevin was like, right, what to rate it? And I was like, four. He was like, oh, I was like, mm-hmm. I gave it a four. I think it was very good. I Like, I did I did enjoy it. Um, now, I'm not rushing back to watch it. Mm-hmm. I might watch it another year. Yeah. But I would watch it over. I'd watch Knives Out. Mm-hmm. So I really enjoyed this. I was getting a four. What about you? You know, I'm going to give it a five. <laughs> I absolutely adored oh. it. I think it's, I want so many more Knives Out mysteries. I think Daniel Craig's amazing as Blanc. I think an incredible cast. I think it just incredible visuals, aesthetics, uh, performances by Janelle Monet specifically as well. Yeah. It's just, I just love it. It's epic. It's my, it's my cup of tea. <laughs> it is. I was, li- I was literally about to say, like, the words that my mouth, I was going to say, like, it's, it is actually your cup of tea. Like, it's something that you would really enjoy. And you do. And you did. So, um, whereas it's not exactly my cup of tea, I like more true crime. Yeah. As we've been true, because that's it. I was even said to me last night, and he was like, you love, like, murder mysteries and, like, no real ones. Yeah. And I just like real ones and I like the fictional ones. Exactly. So, but I did really enjoy it and I will end up watching it again one day, someday. And definitely is a film that I'll show like little people in my life that grow up. Like, watch this one. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. There there we go. Okay. So next up, we're going to talk about what's popping, meaning what we are enjoying in terms of pop culture. Katie, what is popping with you? What is popping with me? I've gone into a deep, dark, horrible rabbit hole of Coin Master. Oh, have yeah. you heard of this mobile game? Yes, I have. Yeah, it's it's just I'm obsessed with it. Like I'm playing it all, well, like I would say every second of the day, but I can't play it every second of the day because I run out of spins and then I have to let them regenerate. So I'm playing it every time I have spins and it's becoming a very unhealthy obsession i'm probably gonna have to delete that soon so um that's one and then what else is popping with me i'm really liking um the not my bag podcast mm-hmm. with joe and george bags from uh formerly of goggle box mm-hmm. and now of tiktok and just internet fame um that. yeah i'm really enjoying the saving grace podcast mm-hmm. at the minute um what else am I? What else is popping? I'm watching Friends again. Uh, as per usual. As per Um. So I'm I'm on where Mike and Mike and Phoebe are about to get married. So that's where I am. Well, they're not about to get married. It's where they're like donating their money to the children's home. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that's the episode I'm on at the minute. And other than that, there's not a, not a lot popping with me. What's popping with you, Evan? So, current season of The Circle. Oh, I'm not enjoying it. I'm not enjoying it as much, but I'm kind of liking it, though. Okay. Yeah, no, I couldn't really get into it. I had to kind of back away from it. That's why it's not my what's popping, because I literally watched, like, one and a half episodes, and I was like, mm Not as good as last season. But you know what? It just, I, I hang on. I hang in there. Okay. okay. So, you know what? I like, the, I like the concept of The Circle. This season's pretty weak, though. Yeah. Gotcha. yeah, 
But I, I do, I, I don't want to say I'm not, I am enjoying, how do I say I am enjoying it and I'm not enjoying it at the same time? You're indifferent. Indifferent to this particular season, yes. Yes, yes. Yeah, so I would say that. And then I would also say uh, Scissors album uh, that came out at the, in in December. I was about to say July, it's not, it's not August. Um, in December, yeah, really enjoyed that. Also got really into Lana Del Rey over the break. Was huh. never really into her, and then now I've li- I've done what Katie does with cartoons, but I've listened to her albums chronologically. Yeah, it's fun, isn't it? It is fun to do things chronologically. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. So definitely, Lana is problem with me, and TikTok. I would say, yeah. Yeah, fair. So, Katie, where can the people find us in twenty twenty three? In twenty twenty three, you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Make It a Podcast. You can give us a little review on Apple Podcasts and you can give us a rating on Spotify if you so wish. And if any of your family and friends are looking for a new podcast to start out their year while they're in the gym or on the walks, you know, any of their health kit stuff, send them our way. They can find us anywhere they get their podcasts. Yes, so that was our episode on Glass Onion Knives Out Mystery. What a way to bring us in to 2023 and so many more things to come and you will hear from us next week.